Welcome. This is the Lady Leadership Podcast. Sam's goal is clear, helping as many women as she can meet their full potential in business and in life. Hi, this is Sam McIntyre and in this season of the Lady Leadership Podcast, I'm going to be talking to you about how to get the most out of your career, whether you have your own business, whether you work in corporate or whether you're just starting out, maybe you're finishing uni. So thanks for joining me and I look forward to sharing all my tips and hints on how to fast track your career. Hello everyone and welcome to episode four of Lady Leadership. I I wanted to just start by saying um, apologies. It's been a couple of weeks since I've actually recorded uh, a podcast. I um, So this podcast is called Getting Back on the Horse, which I think is very kind of poignant for the current uh, climate at the moment. So I want to, you know, just hope that everyone's keeping well. I think, you know, they're very uncertain times that we're going through at the moment. And if you're like me and you like to plan things, then, you know, this can feel really very uncertain. And um, so just start by saying that I think in these times, you just need to dig deep and work through, you know, really what, what can I do now? what can I influence and how do, how do I want to be and how do I want to react? And then, you know, I think kind of find um, a good set of people around you um, that can sort of help you navigate um, some of the, the issues that you're going through. So, you know, this, um, as I said, this podcast is about getting back on the horse when, when times are tough. So it's probably, um, you know, more poignant now than, than it has been. I originally actually... Um, did this talk to uh, women in ICT and digital group probably now I think it's um, six eight weeks ago and then I recorded this podcast and my husband said that I sounded really flat when I recorded it so um, I then decided to okay I was I was going to um, publish it and then I decided no I'll hang back I'll redo it and then um, kind of coronavirus hit and um, to be honest I, I just didn't know where I was or what I was up to and how things were playing out for me so I um, I just decided to take some time and I think now's probably the right time to, to publish and um, this podcast so here we go. Podcast is about really kind of understanding where you fit it's um, around making strategic career moves and you know it's then about leading with authenticity so I think you know they're kind of really key key attributes to identifying where you are as a leader so I'll just start by saying that horse riding and being around horses um is the thing that I love it's my happy place now don't don't be afraid this isn't a podcast about horse riding but if you've listened to some of my other podcasts you'd understand it it really is my getaway my escape and you know really my joy and it it always has been and um I rode a lot when I was younger and I recently said to mum and dad you know why did you actually get me a horse and my mum was like well you just weren't into anything else. And so, you know, I remember mum and I had a little bank account and she put money in and, you know, really saved up to, to buy a horse. And so it was a it was a dream come true when I got one. So in my early 20s, though, you know, life got busy um, and, you know, I lost interest in horses and gave it away. I, I, I'd always kind of kept my horse... Um, 
I'd, I'd met a great kind of group of girls and had a lot of support and around me. And, um, you know, I sort of, in my 20s, I moved away from that adjustment because um, I was working away from home and, you know, just really didn't kind of refine that, I suppose. So, um, and, you know, it wasn't until I was in the countryside about six years ago and saw women my age and older riding and I just thought, wow, I can actually have another go at this. So I had a couple of lessons. I probably should have had a few more lessons, actually. Um, and then, you know, I, I bought a horse. And so I pretty much bought the same horse that I'd had when I was 14. You know, she was similar height, similar look, same breed. Um, but you know, what the problem was I couldn't actually do anything with her. So when I brought her um, back to uh, the property, she wouldn't let me brush her. I couldn't catch her. I couldn't ride her. And, you know, she just really didn't trust me at all. And I realized pretty much what I thought I knew about about horses. I I didn't. And, um, you know, I think she just could tell that I actually really didn't probably trust myself. So, all my confidence regarding horses, um, you know, pretty much went out the window in those first few weeks. So um, the interesting thing when I reflect and go back is I got my this new horse at the same time that I took on the biggest and probably the hardest job in my career. It was the first time that I'd actually become a, a fully-fledged CIO and I think at the time I was probably internalising you know, quite a bit of stress from the job and the, the horse could feel that and so she was very much... I'm not going anywhere with you. So I spent about two years actually getting to the point where I could uh, catch her. Uh, Her name was Pesetta. I could brush her and I could ride her. But I think because of the journey that we'd had, I just still really didn't feel completely confident around her. And, you know, my, my husband says that I was actually as patient as hell and um, he would have kind of given up a lot a lot sooner than I had. But, you know, that, that horse taught me so much um, and, you know, it allowed me to create a new horse tribe um, as well so I started following um, some horse people that I like Warwick Schiller, Jane Pike, um, Stacey Westfall if anyone on this podcast is into horses. Um, they're even interesting people to listen to if you're not into horses and so but I got to the point where I probably needed a horse that was more comfortable with themselves so I could be more confident in myself. Uh, I needed more of an equal partner and um, because of what we had actually gone through I found it hard to trust her so um, plus I'm quite tall and she was on the smaller side of things and so you actually really need to be a very balanced rider um, when the proportion of your weight to the proportion of the horse's weight is higher so um, and as I was kind of getting back into riding I really wasn't as balanced as what I probably would be now so you know a lovely girl owns um, Pesetta now and and uh, is loving life with her. So you're probably thinking, you know, what does any of this have to do with your career? And I think, you know, there's lots of parallels really. Um, And, you know, it's about kind of hard work. It's about dedication. It's about working through problems. It's about taking time, reflecting, etc. So um, I decided to get a new horse and so you know I bought my lovely girl Chili and you know this time I took a friend with me I had about six lessons on Chili at the trainer's house before I took her home I spent two full days riding her in a clinic I then organized lessons 
for her when I got home and my friend also helped me um, as well. So, but look, you know, I think sometimes even with the best plans, things don't go to plan. So I did actually fall from my horse last year and I broke four ribs and punctured my lung. Quite painful and um, very inconvenient. I was in hospital for a week and I couldn't go anywhere for about four weeks. Uh, only back to the doctors to redress the wound under my arm where they drained my lungs. So, um, you know, and I remember the doctor saying, can you have six weeks off work? And I was just pretty horrified at that thought, really. So um, I'll just clarify and say I wasn't jumping anything. You know, you always see people falling off horses on YouTube, jumping things. Um, Chili isn't some crazy out of control lunatic. She's actually very sweet, but she is young. And I had owned her about 18 months at the time. And I tend to ride sort of three to four times a week. So we knew each other pretty well. And we'd been to clinics, we'd been trail riding in the bush, and we'd done a lot of arena work. So you're, you're saying, well, why did you fall off? And, you know, the reason being is I actually wasn't listening. So I wasn't reading the signals and I was distracted and horses are a flight animal and she was telling me pretty clearly that she wasn't right. So she'd given me many signals that things were not right and I hadn't done anything about them. In fact, I'd entirely ignored them. So um, she actually took off about four times previously that day before I fell off and I really should have gotten off at that point and I should have worked her on the ground um, I'd ridden her five days before in the dark and she was under lights um, where I keep her and she was behaving the same way and I'd ignored that as well. So, you know, and in fact, the Saturday before I'd gone out on a trail ride with a friend in the bush and she was acting fairly similar and I ignored that that day. So I think, you know, a bit like your career, you can be working at the wrong place or you can be working with the wrong leaders and you can ignore things you cannot listen to the people around you or you cannot listen to yourself and then something big will happen so maybe you don't get that promotion maybe you lose your job and you need to spend time to reevaluate. and as they say figure out how to get back on the horse and I think you know in the current environment that we're in at the moment with coronavirus you know there's a lot of people I think um, at the moment trying to figure out whether a the business they own is going to be viable in the future you know can they survive um, at the moment etc and so you know um, you know things happen um, and you've just got to figure out how you actually respond and um, react to that. And I just wanted to say, you know, my heart goes out to those people who are in that situation at the moment and are trying to, you know, really work through those tough times. So, um, you know, my, really my thoughts and prayers are with you really at this point. So, so you know, understanding where you fit. Um, you know, what is important to me now was really not as important when I started my career so you know I certainly didn't start out where I am now and you know it really just just was a job so you know I have to say I never really had big ambitions for big for a big career and you know that that evolved as my confidence grew over time so I simply you know really wanted to get into a uni course and I did and I I just um scraped through with enough marks to get into an associate diploma of applied science at Vic Uni um and you know I didn't um 
I didn't get into any of the courses that I actually wanted to do. I wanted to be a travel agent and, um, you know, the Associate Diploma of Applied Science in Computing, um, it was pretty much coding and maths. And really, I have to say, it was a bit of a shock for someone that had basically learnt to type um, at school. So I really didn't do so well that first year. But I tell you what, after 30 years in IT, I'm really pleased that I actually do know how to touch type. So it's uh, saved me a lot of time over the years. Um, But, you know, at the end of that, I just really wanted a job and those were my aspirations in regards to work. So I was, though, rather independent and had pretty much been working since I was 12. So my dad had a bit of a side hustle when I was younger. He um, used to print off T-shirts for sporting clubs and and things like that. So he would turn up home um, on a Friday night with 500 T-shirts that needed to be packed. Um, He did pay me for those. I think it was 10 cents or 20 cents a T-shirt. So um it was you know good money for a 12 year old and um I then worked casually and then part-time at Target and a few pubs and a few restaurants as well so I've pretty much been paying for my social life since um I was young so I think the thing is um I've always been uh good at work I could do work I was I've been good at getting stuff done. I was raised in a family where you really didn't say no to work. I was never allowed to ring in sick and, you know, I showed up always. So, um, but my life at that point was pretty much if I wasn't at uni, I was at um, Target working. If I wasn't at Target, I was at the pub working. And if I wasn't doing that, I was kind of out with my friends dancing and I was also riding my horse. So I had a lot of energy. Um... During that time, my mum said to me, maybe you can get a job in the offices at Target, something to do with computers. So um, funnily enough, a a job on their help desk came up. It was advertised in the tea room. So um, they were looking for someone that had a background in computer science and they were also looking for someone that had worked at Target. So um, I fit the bill and yeah, I actually got that job. I was pretty excited by that. I really loved working at Target. I really loved the community spirit um, that was in Geelong at that time. And, um, you know, as I figured out that role and delivered, I then looked for the next opportunity. And I, you know, I worked with some really wonderful, supportive women who were interested in me being successful and helping me. And it, you know, seemed pretty simple, you know, do my current job to the best of my ability, ask for feedback, and then what's the next opportunity? I still, you know, I still do that today. I wasn't as fussy um, over the years around where I worked, but these days I'm more focused on the culture. I'm more focused on the values of organisation and what an organisation stands for and really how they treat their people, um, you know, more than ever before. So I want to work with leaders that are interested in helping other people reach their goals. And I especially want to work for companies that do support women. I'm much clearer on what my values are and what's important to me. At the same time, though, I don't expect any company to be the be all and end all of my career and my life. I continuously like to learn outside my day-to-day job and you know I've also created a couple of startup businesses or you know had some side hustle as they say so um, I do though very much focus on what do I want to learn in this job or or in this organization is there a new skill that I want to put into practice so in the last few years in my career I've really focused around the digital space (laughs) 
And, you know, I've gotten under the hood, so to speak, as to how everything works. And I've created, you know, strong relationships with digital partners and, you know, put myself into the work with with the team and, you know, and delivered through that. So I also created my own startup business on the side, which is called Beauty Finder, which is a uh, marketplace for beauty professionals and you know it was something that I started a number of years ago and um, you know for me there's nothing like starting something from scratch to actually test your skill set um, you know so I'd say to you like how does this look for you like how are you learning is there something that you want to get involved in you know um, particularly at the moment you know is there a new skill when we can't go out to bars and cafes um, you know is there still and is there a new school that you could put into practice on the side so um, I very much also focus on what do I actually want to achieve or deliver at this organization. So is there a piece of specific work that I actually want to make happen? So, you know, where you're working, what do you actually want to get out of it? And, you know, are you then asking for feedback on the on the back of that? Um, I think what's also important is what you'll actually be allowed to achieve at an organisation. I don't, I don't hear a lot of people talk about this and so I'm someone that loves change. I love um, solving, finding a problem and solving a problem and I love fixing it. Um, but I've, what I've learnt is that by doing this sometimes um, companies and people don't really want true change so sometimes it may impact on them too much or they're not behind it so I've learned that you really have to make change within the constraints of an organization so for me as a leader and a senior leader you need to you know essentially run your race at the pace that the collective leaders of an organization want to make change so um, you know these days I would rather make small change piece by piece Um, I find talking about Big transformation often scares too many people. Lots of small change can really add up to big change. So so we've talked about what do I want to learn at an organisation. We've also talked about what do I want to deliver at an organisation. And I think then it's also about who do I, as a leader, who do I actually want to impact at an organisation. So... Um, you know, our jobs as leaders of organisations is to help our team members and have a vested interest in this their success. And I, I do see this, unfortunately, overlooked by some leaders. Um, and I think it's a good question to ask yourself, who have I helped here and how? So a few years ago, I worked for someone that said to me, I don't mentor anyone here and I don't want to favor anyone. And at the time I was mentoring some of my team members who had asked to have a mentoring relationship and he was suggesting that I shouldn't. So um, I have to say I was pretty disappointed by that. Um, He said he didn't want to favor anyone. I'm always working hard to set people up for success and often it's more than one person and so that when I move on from somewhere that, you know, there is someone who can step in behind me, who can take over that role Um, and I think that's really important. Um, As a leader, it's always front of mind of who am I going to help. I think um, though people, some people just need someone to believe in them and to give them opportunity to do great things and you know um kind of uh part the part the way for them to actually make something happen um 
I do, though, make my team members and particularly my direct reports responsible and accountable and I'll push them as well, but I won't I won't set them up to fail. So asking a team member to step in for you, say, for example, when you go on holidays or asking someone to chair a meeting that they wouldn't normally do. You know, for me, they're really kind of small moments that actually add up to really kind of big growth for those people. So, um, yeah, that's what I, you know, really kind of in terms of, you know, understanding, you know, where you fit, you know, it's around that that mix of what can you do somewhere, who can you help, um, how are you going to learn and grow, um, and, you know, essentially is that the right place for you. So um, in terms of then, you know, making strategic career moves, as I talked about earlier, it was just for me it really started out as, um, you know, um, what's the current job and what's the next job that I'm interested in doing? Um, I, you know, I've had a 30-year career and I have to say I've sort of circled back and forth around roles. So, you know, a little bit like a game of ton- Donkey Kong. So I suppose, you know, two ske- steps up the career letter, a few steps back more steps up, you know, a couple of steps to the side. Um, But, you know, what's been important to me is that I've relentlessly put my hand up for extra work and when there's been work on the table, I've offered to do it. So, you know, sometimes I've had people who interview me more interested in the time that I've spent somewhere rather than what I've actually achieved. So, you know, I did I did spend 12 years at Colesmeyer and I also spent seven years at Woolworths. But um, one job I has a, a, I had as a CIO, I saved them $5 million in cost in, in two years. So, um, you know, I spent four months in India outsourcing work. Um, I worked on a large new warehouse project build in Turkey. Uh, I went to China six months when I was six months pregnant with my oldest son, um, setting up some new warehousing then. So I've really, uh, you know, put my hand up for those things. I, you know, I, when I headed up IT for the fuel division at Woolworths, I spent six weeks in a petrol pump factory manufacturing plant in North Carolina. And, um, you know, I also at one point um, consolidated 24 call centres into two when I was pregnant with my second son, um, also running IT for the, for the fuel division of Woolworths. So I've always offered to to do things sometimes people are a bit uh surprised by that but um you know I think more importantly though I've always kind of made sure that my day job is covered as well and so um and you know it's not that I want to work on the newest shiny object for me it's just you know if there's work to be to done to be done then you know I'm happy to do it and you know I just kind of really have a feeling that you fundamentally learn by doing and so I'm always kind of excited by that so you know there hasn't been some kind of amazing plan in terms of um, making strategic career moves there's been a lot of sidestepping there's been a lot of going after work and I am a very change problem solving uh, type person so I think it's you know important to realize what your key skills are and then you know what you'll be allowed to do so um, you know and I've been at organizations and you know I can keep working at levels one two three and four but if I'm never going to get to level five then and I want to re- reach my next skill goal then perhaps you know it's um, I need to go and do it somewhere else so and so lastly I'd like to talk about leading with authenticity I struggle to actually say the word um, you know I think it really kind of took some time I think I kind of um, 
worked at a time when you didn't necessarily bring your full self to the office. So, um, and, you know, in some of my roles, I've really had to feel as though I've had to downplay my personality. I love to have a laugh. I like to have a joke. I really like to have connection with people. I think um, having connection with people actually gets stuff done in an organisation. And I think you've got you've to have a relationship and you've got to um, have a connection. Um, and so, you know, but there were some places where I down, it was downplayed because it really just didn't fit into the culture. And um, I have to say, you know, the first part of my career, I was very work focused. Um, And, you know, since I've had my family, though, and, you know, settled into being a mother 10 years or so on, um, I, you know, these days I really work on having my family as my first priority. So I, I remember when I returned to Australia and went into a big job with a big retailer, I really didn't share that I had an eight month old baby at home. Um, I didn't talk about him that much. I didn't have any pictures of him at my desk. Um, I didn't hide that I had a baby, but I also really wasn't promoting it. And the reason being is I just never wanted anyone around the table to choose for me without asking me whether I could do something. I had, you know, over the years seen leaders make assumptions on behalf of others. And so I just didn't really want that for myself. So these days, though, I really do bring it to the office. I share my stories and funny things my kids have done or said, and you know, what I did on the weekend. Um, and, you know, I just want it to be a bit more than being a job these days. And Um, you know, we all have days that aren't great. We all struggle sometimes and I want to show that and I also want to share that. It doesn't lessen my role in the organisation. It doesn't lessen my care to the organisation and I'm not having, I'm not slacking off by having a chat with someone. Um, I'm creating a relationship in the workplace in order to get things done. So, How about getting back on that horse, you might say. So, you know, we're really well versed with things going wrong in IT. It's what we do. And, you know, literally getting back on my horse was something that I really struggled with after my fall mentally. Um, Though I took the time to understand what happened. I came up with a good plan. I asked for help from people that I know and respect and I tried some things and I took it slow. I did a lot of prep work on the ground keeping myself safe and um, then you know I dug deep and finally put my foot in the stirrup and swung my leg over the horse whilst in a pretty small corral wearing a rather thick safety vest. So horse riding is about training, hard work, consistency and trust and I have to say it's still a work in progress and I'm not back to where I was with my horse but like playing that game of Donkey Kong I'm moving through the stages just like your career. So I just wanted to wish everyone the best at this time. Um, If you need some help, by all means, reach out to me via LinkedIn uh, or via my email. Um, My email is sjmcintyre1 at gmail.com. If you need some help or need some advice um, or just need a friendly ear, by all means, uh, reach out. And um, yes, stay Stay safe and, um, you know, I wish you all the best over the next coming months. Cheers. Cheers.